All right, here we are, guys. Monday, 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 Monday. Here we go. Start of the new week. How are you doing, Denise? I am awesome. Glad to be with everybody on this Monday morning. It's beautiful here in East Texas. It's yeah. Monday. It's a primary season. We got so much going on that's fixing to happen. Oh, what's going to happen? Let's see. Senators are coming back. Anyway, we're going to get into all this. Yeah, and I guess to start off, we can get back into our reminders about the Texas primaries. Early voting still going on. What is it? March 5th will be the day of the actual... The actual election. The actual election, yes. March 5th. And don't you forget who we want to who we want to vote for. We want to vote for the three Court of Criminal Appeal judges. One is Lee Finley. Remember these names. Lee Finley, Gina Parker... And David Shink for judge. And then uh, we want to vote for Paulette Carson. In District 9. In District 9 over. For House Representative, yeah. Over Trent, Trent Ashby. Ashby. Yep. And then um, Joanne Schaffner in District 11. Because uh, we don't want yeah. Clardy back in there. Yeah, and it's not good. Yeah, and, and like we said, our my, my biggest issue with Travis Clardy is the school of choice. And, and I think it is with... Even with Trent Ashby, there's a lot more issues I got with him, but I, I really I really like Paulette Carson. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Speaking of Paulette, Paulette Carson, I can't get her name out here. They are having a candidate forum at the Pines Theater on Thursday, February 29th, 2024 at 5.30 p.m. If anyone is interested in going to the candidate forum, that way you can ask them questions and and meet them personally. Um, and we will be there. Yeah, we will be there, and we'll be bringing updates and, and probably do a little live streaming this time. We didn't yes. last time, but we probably will this time. We are going to do a little it, live streaming from yeah, there. Yeah. Probably either before, maybe maybe one before and one after, so we can kind of. Yeah. And that's at the Pines it. Theater in Lufkin. And and here's something kind of interesting with this. If, if a lot of people don't know the history of the Pines Theater, it's an older theater, been around Lufkin for. I don't know, a, a million years. All of our lives. You know? Yeah. But back about 10 years ago, they'd done a renovation on it. They revamped it. It's really nice on the inside. It's a really nice place. So, yeah, hopefully we can bring you some some video of that on the inside, too. Yeah, because it's real historical. Yeah, we love to go to the Pines Theater. They have old movies. Sometimes they set, you know, old movies, and then they do scene movies, you know, during the holidays and stuff. So y'all need to look up the Pines Theater. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they've always got good events happening there. But you know what's upcoming? Guess who is coming back? The Senate is coming back today in the House of Representatives on Wednesday. And this is kind of what they have on their schedule. <laughs> I'm reading from the Punchbowl News. But he says, welcome to shutdown week. House Republicans slow walk a deal. Well, everyone knows that that's what they do. Yeah, that that's basically their game, and it will be the remainder of the year. It will be. You know, I'm I'm going to be surprised if they really pass anything. All I can hope for, I guess, uh, as far as I'm concerned with this, is that Mike Johnson will just Speaker Johnson will just stand his ground. You know, we need to go back to just say no. <laughs> right. You know, just say no. Hey, I get it. I mean, why not? We don't need to spend any more money. No. We need to close our border. We need to close our border. We need to impeach Mayorkas, get our border closed. Yes. And do not give any more money to Ukraine. 
any more foreign aid package. You know, mm-hmm. stop know, just it. Stop. Just stop. Just say no. Yeah. You know, but the Senate is back today from President's Day recess with the House returning on Wednesday. Also, welcome back to another looming government shutdown week because, yes, nearly five months into fiscal year 2024, Congress still hasn't approved any of the annual spending bills. A partial government shutdown will occur at midnight Friday if lawmakers don't act, with the full government shutdown possible on March 8th. President Joe Biden's State of the Union address is on March 7th. So be looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Ultra MAGA uh, extremists out there. <laughs> he'll be you out know, there. He'll be dark Brandon or out, whatever. He'll be out there shaking his fist at us. <laughs> telling us how horrible we are and how much of a danger we are to the country and to the world. Yeah, and, that's so what we need yeah, to hear right now. Yeah. God, but but you notice, you notice how late the State of the Union is? Probably mm-hmm. the latest ever. It's, it's just nuts. These, these guys, man. Yeah. Biden has invited the big four leaders, you know, Speaker Mike Johnson, Schumer, McConnell, and Jeffries to the White House on Tuesday. So we'll hear about that tomorrow sometime to discuss this latest crisis and to lobby Johnson to pass the foreign aid package. Which, well, good luck with that. Yeah, and, and that last sentence right there is is mm-hmm. their their major reason for the meeting. It ain't got nothing to do with a later a latest crisis. It's got everything to do with the fact that, that they want him to pass this foreign aid package. That's all that's, it has to do. Yeah, and that's what I said. Because it doesn't even say what, what latest crisis it is because we have one every <laughs> single day. If there ain't one, they'll create one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, and that's why I meant a, a minute ago by that. I hope that he stands his ground and tells them, "No, we're not going to do that." Yeah. And if that can't happen, if 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 you think we're just going to go ahead and push the foreign aid package through, you know, and to me that's what well, Speaker Johnson needs to do. We're not going to spend any money on Ukraine, and if you think that we are, we'll show you that we're not, and we'll shut this government down again, mm-hmm. and we'll all go back home. Yes. And That's to me, exactly what should happen. And to me, right now, that would be the most effective government we could have. You know, in the the House Republicans, you know, it always, this is always an impasse with the House Republicans. They're always under pressure from the hardline GOP, you know, hardliners who want to string this out as fight as long as possible in order to trigger automatic spending cuts. So Johnson is holding out for policy riders. But it's all, to me, this is all like smoke and mirrors. Well, and it is. And even what the writer's saying about the policy writers, uh, I read also in another article that the the writers are are not of that much of importance as they say that they are. That's exactly right. When they say that it's all Democrats, here it is. And some Republicans suspect Johnson is toying with the shutdown to give himself more space to cut a deal with Democrats. This may be giving him too much credit, however. <laughs> so is he wanting to cut a deal with Democrats? No. Well, he's he's using that for leverage. He's just keeping that out there, I think. But from what I understand, like I say, it, it, it all goes to the foreign aid package. That's mainly the biggest issue. Yeah, well, with the March 1st deadline approaching, Schumer warned senators in a Dear Colleague letter on Sunday to keep their schedules flexible since no agreement had been reached. He says in quotes, While we had hoped to have legislation ready this weekend that would give ample time for members to review the text, it is clear now that House Republicans need more time to sort themselves out. 
In his own statement, Johnson asserted that Democrats had made new demands that were not previously included in the Senate bills. He says in quotes, Leader Schumer's letter fails to mention that many of the points still being debated come from new Democrat demands that were not previously included in the Senate bill. At a time of divided government, Senate Democrats are attempting at this late stage to spend on priorities that are farther left than what their chamber agreed upon. And this right here is the truth. They keep trying to add things and take away things, and they think that, oh, well, this will make this bill better. Now, y'all need to agree. Or they're trying to sneak it in, and they're getting caught at it, and that's why they continue to, Johnson continues to say no. Yeah, true that. Yeah. But that's what you have to look forward to this week is the House is back and the Senate is back and it's going to get crazy and be looking for the shutdown language because everybody on the mainstream media is going to be crying. You can't do this. You can't do this. Oh, my God. The world's going to stop if you shut down. So expect all that. So it's going to be a loud week. But hey, we got some loud stuff going on in Texas, too. Oh, my god! And, and this was talking about the election engineering that's going on with the Texas school systems and the school administrators all over the state trying to. Yeah, it's really funny. There's a quite look, we have this article here. It's called the Texan and they came out and said, this is their headline. Denton ISD staff email with primary candidate recommendations raises questions of electioneering. Now, when I read this article, I'm I'm thinking to myself as I'm reading the headline is that so we're supposed to debate whether or not this is electioneering <laughs> yeah. when everyone can see with your own eyes yeah. that it's electioneering. Yeah, it's in black and white. It's, it's in black and white. It's in the emails. It's right there. Yeah. Yes. And it's being done with school funds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that is, what, a Hatch Act violation? Well, it's it's all election engineering violation. It, hmm. But anyway, this article says, questions concerning the legality of Denton ISD electioneering in the Republican primary were broached after leaked emails revealed an employee provided links to candidates. So they're like, well, that's concerning the legality. There's questions. Yeah, it's already illegal. We know that. And you knew that. Yes. And it goes on to say, in the midst of the primary campaign season, a North Texas school district has been revealed to have sent a mass email to employees encouraging them to vote while simultaneously providing list of candidates, including whether or not to support or oppose public school education. Yeah, it shows that the the Denton Independent School District Director of Special Programs, um, her name is Miss Lujan, and she says in here, no school in Texas, including Denton ISD, will not be able to provide raises next year if legislation doesn't change. And, and that's a lie because the raises were already included in the education bill. Yes. Already. <laughs> already. Yeah. Anyway, but we're, I guess this is going to be, become a debate, even though it's illegal. Our attorney general here in Texas did um, file a civil suit against the Denton School District. So I guess we'll be hearing about that pretty soon, what's yeah. going on there. Denton and Denison, I believe, also. Yeah, that's right. There was yep. another one yep. that was doing the same thing, and I can almost guarantee you that it's across the board in Texas schools that these two aren't the only ones. Oh, no, no. 
And, and that's why I keep asking the question about uh, the die ball superintendent, Brian Bowman. Which is in the email, so yeah, his no one quote, says anything Yeah, and his quote's them. in the email, and I continue to ask that question. How did he get tied into this? Is he the one that originated this email or or what? You know, because it seemed because they only mention his quote, but they never really talk about how he ties back into all of this. No. And I have asked questions and no one will answer. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. silent yeah, on me too. all fronts. Yeah, I mean, even the ones that are reporting it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean I I I've, I've continued to ask them, uh, Michael Sullivan, mm-hmm. you know, and I've I've even made the comment on Texas Scorecards Twitter page. Yeah, you know, how does Brian Bowman tie into this? Nobody, nobody seems, seems, to seems to answer. That. Nobody I don't seems think to they know. know. I don't think maybe they're answering his um, their questions either, because I can guarantee you, Michael Sullivan has called and asked to try to talk to somebody and get a comment. Yeah, well, but we we've, we've tried to, we, and, I know. and we can't get nobody to call us back either. Yeah, that's pretty cool, though. <laughs> Good luck with this, Texas. Everyone's just just up in uproar over the school choice, so it's really big on the ballot. Make sure you get out and vote. Bank your vote now. We um, we put out the amount of people that have voted in the Texas uh, primary already this year out on Facebook, so go check that out. That's really cool to find out how many people that have voted already. And and out of the seventeen million registered voters, we've had three percent. Three percent. Yeah, three percent in the in the so early far in voting. the first week in early voting. That's really not that bad, considering it's usually one percent. I was going to say that's really encouraging this time yes. around because we we did report on that even back a few, couple months ago. Yeah, you know, talking about voting and talking about the percentage of people, and it was. You know, I think you brought that up, mm-hmm. that it was always like 1%. 1%. And it's really, know, it was very discouraging. Voting. Yeah, in primary voting. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for stepping up and being informed and becoming engaged. Yep. So we appreciate that. But we had breaking news this morning as we were waking up. Something that we have been talking about for a few weeks now. Ronna McDaniel, the RNC chair, will be stepping down from her post at the Republican National Committee. Yes. As chairwoman. She has announced she will officially be stepping down on March 8th after Super Tuesday elections. Donald Trump has suggested North Carolina GOP Michael Watley become the new chair. Many conservatives are calling for Vivek Ramaswamy. I didn't realize. Yeah. Or Scott Pressler. Which I'm sorry, Vivek. I like you and all, but Scott Pressler's earned this position. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. You know, so I think that Scott Pressler, you know, if he's not going to be over it, he should be Michael Watley's second, like, like left brain. Yeah. Here's like, a, seriously. Here's a question right now, though. How come she's waiting until the 8th? Because it's after Super Tuesday, after the elections. <laughs> but but why? And, and here's, here's my... Because she wants to show, maybe she's wanting to show people, hey, look what I did. Here's my thinking on this as to why she's waiting until the 8th. I might be wrong, but my thinking on why she's waiting until the 8th, she's waiting until after the March 5th primary. Mm -hmm. After that, because from now until then, she's going to do just like she did in 22, and she's going to campaign against MAGA candidates. Yes. That is exactly what she's up to. And she's going to campaign to stay in office. I believe. I mean, that we could go that far because she did that in 2022 as well when we tried to get her out. Remember? 
She went around campaigning to everybody. Don't well, she didn't me. campaign to everybody. She campaigned to the one six to one hundred and sixty eight voters, and that yes, was it. That was it. That's all she needed to campaign to. Hopefully, this time that, that they're going to see that man, she's getting us nowhere. Yes, she is. She is. She is. Anyway, we're we're kind of real gra- glad that we have been a part of uh, the loud voice to get rid of Ronald McDaniel because we we need someone that's serious about the job. We need to win elections. Tired of being the controlled opposition. We yes. need to take control of things because from what we've seen, ain't nothing yep. else working. Nothing is working. Well, on from that, Trump wins South Carolina in a landslide. We all saw it on Saturday. A minute after the polls closed, he walked out and accepted his landslide win. So that was pretty funny. Everyone, yeah, he beat, I mean, they had zero zeros. Everything was zero across the board. He walked out, and they already had a check mark. He he made sure this time he beat Haley to the punch. She wasn't gonna come out there and and do that again. Yeah, she. You know, she was waiting. She was yeah. like, uh, "Well, you remember? I, it was in the was it in the New Hampshire primary? She come out mm-hmm. before him and tried to act as though she had done something special. When she's sitting back, even now, she's sitting back trying to claim that she got forty percent of the vote." <laughs> yes no, and 40 percent now is trending because fox news that's all they're going to talk about and show that little clip yeah. of her over and over talking about well 40 percent of people don't like trump but really here the gop did not vote for her here so that's not the same that's democrats voting for her well exactly if you take away the Democrats that come over and voted for her and you count just registered Republican voters that voted for her in this, I bet you, I'll bet you, and I'm being generous, I'll bet you it wasn't no more than 20% that she got. Oh, totally. Probably I like you. 17, maybe, if that. And that's the that's the Republicans. I, I almost feel sorry for those Republicans that can't see on the other side. They can't see what that that Republican Party is gone. Yeah, there is no more Rhino Republican Party. There's no more warmonger Republican Party. We are about peace, love. You know, we are like the new peace well, and love being, and freedom and we're faith. Being, we're being America first, and and we love our country. We're not trying to sell out to the globalist. Yes. and to the big money. It's different. That, that's what we need. We, we we need that gone. Yeah, and we're going to play a clip right now that's going to show us how we're going to get there. Um, this is Kevin Roberts from the Heritage Foundation, and he is um, part of this Project 2025 that we're going to be promoting from here until President Trump wins in November, and we want everyone to really go and look at this. So let's listen to well, Mr. Roberts. Here yeah, here, here's, here's a tweet of his from, from Friday, and he asked the question. He said, what's the real reason that the establishment and the left oppose President Trump so ferociously? Because he's a threat to our democracy? Nah, check it out. So what is the real reason the establishment and the left oppose President Trump so ferociously? We know that they don't actually fear Trump as a danger to the country. After all, despite their wealth and privilege, the liberal establishment proudly condemns the United States as a backward, bigoted, vicious nation and a malevolent force in the world. From the 1619 Project to big tech censorship to open borders to their assault on religious freedom, 
they want to fundamentally transform America because they don't like this country. No, the establishment does not hate Donald Trump because he's a threat to America. Let's be really blunt. They hate him because he's a threat to them. Amen. That's exactly right. They fear him because he's a threat to them. He's a threat to what they stand for. And he said this, and I was hoping that he would go on and give us another example of how the establishment hates America and they hate our country. Think back to 2008 when Barack Obama stood up and gave the big apology of speech to the world about how horrible the United States was. Do you remember? I do remember. Man. You know what? America hasn't recovered since then either. No, we haven't. It's It's been a downhill trajectory. Ever since. Ever since. Yep. You know, and, it, and it's just not enough anymore for conservatives to win elections. If we are going to rescue the country from the grip of this radical leftist, radical people over here, we need both a governing agenda and the right people in place that are ready to carry out an agenda on day one of the next conservative administration. And that is President Trump. His administration is going to start or is doing the 2025 presidential transition project. The project will build on four pillars that will collectively pave the way for an effective conservative administration. Now, on I want everyone to go to www.project2025.org and on the top it has the policies, the personnel, the training, the playbook, and you can log in, you can make a, a little account, and you can apply to work in the administration because we're going to need immediately 5,000 people to just walk in to the administration right away and to know your job and to go in and just be part of this new administration. The Heritage Foundation and Roberts has put this on, and they will build. Um, the project is the effort of a broad coalition of conservative organizations. It isn't just Heritage. There's a lot of conservative organi- organizations that have come together to build this transition project. So, and with the right conservative policy recommendations and properly vetted and trained personnel to implement them, we will take our government back. That's what this is about. So go on there and apply, you know, and you can take training. They have training on here um, before you even apply. You can you can take their training to see if you're interested in anything. But be prepared. If you apply and you get accepted and you do all the background checks, you will be in Washington on the first day. Ready to go to work. Ready to go to work. On the first day of Trump's administration. To make America great again. Yes, we will. Make America great again. So go over there. We're going to be pushing this. And check that out. You might be interested in going to work for the Trump administration. I know I'm looking into it. This is pretty cool. Bannon, where's Steve Bannon? Where's Steve? Where is Steve? Stand up, Bannon. Where the hell is Bannon? Oh, he still looks good. (laughs) Where the hell is Steve Bannon? Where the hell is Steve Bannon? That is the coolest thing. 
Bantam uh, was at CPAC. Yeah, That's he where he was. He was at CPAC 2024, and honestly, CPAC was all about the war room and Bannon home of Ultra MAGA. It was really cool. There was so many people there. Every uh, MAGA representative from Robert Malone. Matt Gates, Matt Gates, um, and Tulsi Gabbard even, Cash Patel. They, they even had this thing called the Force Multiplier Academy, which kicked off the event at CPAC. You know, it was real interesting. So I, I kind of, I wish we could have gone. Uh, we were kind of disappointed, but it just came up too quick for us. And um, it's planting season, so we couldn't make it. But I would like to say this. I want to announce that they announced at CPAC, and I think this is really cool. We are proud to announce the launch of War Room Films in their debut movie. I don't know if you heard of the book Government Gangsters by Cash Patel, but it marks the beginning of an incredible journey. Get ready for a wave of conservative films ahead. This was put out by War Room. It was their announcements. So that's really exciting. So I just wanted to get that out there. And if you don't Follow War Room. You can follow them on Getter, G-E-T-T-R. It's a social media platform. They are also on Twitter, but it's under Grace Chong. And you can follow her there and get all information on War Room and Bannon because President Trump and Bannon are the ones that you'll be paying close attention to between now and November 5th when uh, he wins the election again. Today, in this very hall, the greatest president of the 20th and 21st century sat here and said he's a political dissident. He's persecuted. That is a mark upon our country because it's absolutely true, 100% true. Because he gave us three years of peace and prosperity before he was hit with a Chinese bioweapon. Yep. And they stole the 2020 election. Media, yes, they did. I want you to suck on this. I want the White House <laughs> to suck on this. You lost in 2020. Donald Trump is the legitimate president of the United States. Trump won. Trump won. Trump won. Trump won. Trump won. Trump won. Listen to that crowd. Yep, he all over social media they're yep. saying no one went to CPAC. He commanded the audience. He, he commanded did. the stage that day. He commanded the whole event basically. Yeah, he was a rock star. Man. He was a rock star. Yep. So Steve Bannon, man, we're behind you. We're we're part of the posse. The posse was there. I'm so glad they were there. And here we go. CPAC started the whole thing. New York Attorney General Letitia James says she's prepared to do everything she can to make sure the former president pays his fine, including, she told us, seizing the buildings that bear his name. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Seize his assets. Just, we don't like the guy. We can just take his stuff. So big picture, this has been tried in other countries. South Africa, for example. And over time, it just doesn't work. I mean, maybe you win the upcoming election in November. Congratulations. But what do you preside over when you do? Is anyone actually going to be doing business in New York? What's the tax base going to look like in 10 years? Well, of course, you know the answer to that. Everyone does. And yet no one's doing anything about it. Just pretending it's all about Trump. 
Stephen Miller knows a lot about this subject. He was a senior advisor to President Trump. He's founder of America First Legal, which is one of the few really sensible organizations of lawyers in the United States. We're grateful for its existence. He joins us now. Stephen Miller, thanks so much for coming on. So what, what do we exactly. learn from this? I mean, there are a bunch of different things happening at the same time, efforts to stop Donald Trump from running for president, um, but they all seem kind of connected thematically. What's your takeaway? Yes, they are all very much connected. I think the first and most important point is this. You can tell who truly has power in any society by looking at who can persecute an innocent person in broad daylight and yep. get away with it completely. They can announce that they're going to do it, then they can do it, they can finish the job, they can impose the outrageous fines, the outrageous punishments, and they can say, I just did it. And the whole entire society, the whole system can either look the other way or applaud. Is this thing working? Rise up. Well, hey, everybody, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope you've learned some things about what's going on around us in the nation and in your communities. You know, we couldn't do this without your continued support either. We appreciate all of you showing up, taking the time to listen to us today. So please, like I say, make sure to hit the like button, share our show with all your friends. We'll see you next time on Is This Thing Working? And as always, I'm James, and that's my lovely co-host over there. Denise. And we'll see you next time. We're out.